All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the Word of God this morning. The title of today's message is uh, Equal Access in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12. The Apostle Paul's talking to the church at Ephesus, and he's talking to them about uh, the reality of, of Jesus and what God has done through Jesus Christ, and, and that, that, is, uh, that we now have as a result of the redemption, redemptive work of Jesus at Calvary's cross. It's through his redemptive work, through his finished work, that we have boldness and access. Everyone say boldness and access. Boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. That's one of, those, uh, one of the many verses that you could just take that one particular verse and just meditate on that, become familiar with it, and just really just uh, the, the wording in there is, is it's very powerful. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence. And the boldness and the access that we have with confidence, not anything in and of ourselves, but it's through our faith in him. Through having faith in God. Faith in our redemption gives us access to God with boldness and with confidence. And it's an equal access. It doesn't make any difference where you're from, where you've been, what you've done, what you haven't done. We all have equal access to God through faith in him. It's a great equalizer is our faith and our confidence in our heavenly father through God the father. So to uh, illustrate this even more, I'm going to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 5. The story in there of Jairus coming to Jesus and pleading with him to, to come to his house. His daughter is lying at the point of death, and he's asking Jesus to come and lay hands on her that she would live and not die. And then as Jesus is going on that journey with Jairus, they're interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood, how she pressed into the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. Jesus realized that power had flowed from him into someone who wasn't sure who it was, and she received her healing. And this is, so it's uh, two models of faith that we have here in Mark chapter 5. So we want to examine both of these uh, with the intent of gaining even more insight into how we can uh, appropriate this equal access that we have to Jesus and to his power, which, ends, which results in us being whole, being saved, being healed. Uh, this particular uh, chapter here in, in Mark chapter 5, the story of Jairus and then also the woman that was miraculously healed. Uh, these two stories, uh, they, they are, give us two models of faith and they are the thematically, they run thematically parallel with one another and their, their message, the point, has greater clarity to it and it's more compelling and clear when interpreted in association with, with each other, which is what Mark intended when he wrote it this way. Now, don't read Mark chapter 5 about Jairus and then realize that Jesus agreed to go with him and then, and then he forgot where he was going and all of a sudden they stopped and the story switches to a woman that's pressing in to receive her healing. Then when that story's over, it goes back, oh, that's right, we were talking about Jairus and goes back to Jairus. It's a, it, it, a casual reading, you might think that, but they're purposely are running together to show us the equality that we have and the equal access that we have to our Heavenly Father, that our status and all the other accolades make no difference. We have equal access. 
And so let's begin reading in verse 21. It says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, story switches now to the woman. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And we'll just stop there for now. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, she received her healing. Then it goes back to Jairus and uh, his daughter uh, also was miraculously raised from the dead. And so let's just look at the, 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 the two characters that are introduced here, the two main characters that are interacting with Jesus. We have Jairus and then we have this woman. And, and, and uh, both, they, they occupy polar opposite ends of the social, economic, and religious spectrum. Jairus, being a man, he has a, uh, he, he's the leader of the synagogue. He's a person of distinction. He is known by name. He, so he has a name. He, he has, he has a, he's, he's in a position of honor. He has financial resources. He's a man of wealth. And he is free to approach Jesus openly without any guilt or condemnation. He's just free to you know, be, be out among the culture, not quarantined for any reasons. The woman, by contrast, is nameless. She's a person that is without honor. She is completely bankrupt due to her circumstances. The scripture tells us that she had spent all that she had. This was a process of 12 years of seeking medical attention, having spent all that she had, but didn't get any better, but rather grew worse. And as a result of all of it, she's, uh, she's completely uh, bankrupt. She is, uh, uh, according to the law of, at that particular time, uh, she is considered to be ritually un unclean. Therefore, she is to be quarantined, separated from her community. And she does not have the freedom because of the quarantine, because of the rules and regulations. She has to approach Jesus secretly. She can't just be out in the open about this. She has to approach him secretly. So those are some of, their, some of the things that make some of the contrast between them. But the... the Jairus and this unnamed woman also have some really key elements in common. Number one, both Jairus and this woman believe. Everyone say believe. So they both believe that if they have contact with, that, that contact with Jesus will be sufficient for the healing that they are desiring. They both believe that. In verse 23, Jairus is stating his belief. Verse 23 says, saying, my daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So he is stating what that he believes that contact with Jesus is sufficient. 
And one of the keys, uh, one of the key elements to living a life of faith, when, when you study, when you study in the scriptures, and especially in, in, in stories such as this, but it's consistent throughout scripture, is one of the, the key ingredients, ingredients, I guess is a good word, or one of the, the, the keys to a person that really believes that contact with Jesus is sufficient is this person will speak the end result before they have the end result. Jairus said, come lay your hands on her that she may live and not die. And you will notice later that the, the, the woman basically said the same thing in verse uh, 28, we can look at that. For she said, this is the unnamed woman. This, so the woman said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And so that's an element of faith that's so important. So the things they have in common, number one, both Jairus and the woman believe that contact with Jesus will be sufficient for their healing. The second thing they have in common is that both, are, both desperately desire a miracle. They both desperately desire a miracle. Number three, both Jairus and this woman have run out of options. They have run out of options. And they both believe, as they approach Jesus in faith, that they are, and speaking the end result, they will have that which they are desiring. So again, so in dovetailing these two particular individuals, these two models of faith, a very dis, they are very dissimilar individuals. It reveals to us that the only thing that matters to God is our faith in him our faith in him. This Jairus being a male, being the ruler of the synagogue, being a person of honor, being a person of distinction, being a person of wealth, it provided no advantage for him in approaching Jesus. He still needs to approach Jesus by faith in him. By faith, by exercising his faith in him. Any accolades that he had, any uh, thing that went, any recognition that he had accumulated over the years, none of that made any difference. It still comes down to, I need to exercise my faith in Jesus. And as the Apostle Paul stated in Ephesians 3.12, says, in whom we have boldness, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Faith enables anyone, honored or dishonored, whether considered clean by the culture or unclean by the culture. You are able to tap into the miracle working power of God because you have equal access with confidence through faith in him. You can tap into the power of almighty God. Many times it looks in our, it, it appears in our culture with just a casual observation that someone like Jairus has an advantage because of his status, his name, his recognition. He's able to approach Jesus openly. There's no restrictions to him to being out in public. There's absolutely, uh, uh, matter of fact, he, he, he probably had a VIP invitation uh, from people to, to get in touch with Jesus. But none of that made any difference. None, none of those accolades have the ability to bring about the miracle healing that he needs for his daughter. And so we need to keep things in proper perspective because sometimes in, in, in our mind and among culture from a relationship standpoint, sometimes we are longing for recognition, we're longing for honor, and we're longing for uh, just for, for whatever it may be, for respect and distinction and thinking that these things are all going to help elevate us into some greater status with God. 
And it absolutely does not. It does not. I have no more access to God as Pastor Ray Sensnick or Reverend Raymond S. Sensnick or P. Ray. <laughs> None of that gives me access to God. What gives me access to God is my faith in him. Amen. Amen. So any kind of titles, you know, they're nice among the culture. You know, we, you know, we might think, well, that's really cool. And we, we like all our certificates and our diplomas and so forth. And, you know, we like all that. But that's not what gives you access to God. We still need to be men and women of faith in God. Amen. And so the woman in this particular story, the unnamed woman, she refuses to grin and bear. She refuses to accept quarantine. She refuses to, to just to realize that, listen, I, I, I'm... I'm disassociated from, my, from the culture. I am suffering. I have been suffering for 12 years. I've been looking for a physician, for physicians. I've been spending all my money. I've been doing everything I could to help me. And by God, I'm going to press. When she heard about Jesus, she thought, ah, aha, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. When she heard about Jesus, in verse 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd. What do you suppose she heard about him? I'm, I'm thinking that after all these years of all the things that she has been told, the things that she's heard, uh, the, 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 how many, uh, the numerous times she was reminded by the culture, police to say, hey, listen, you're not supposed to be in public. You're unclean. The doctors are saying, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Thank God when doctors do know what to do, but there are circumstances and situations where they, they don't know. They come to the end of their wisdom, of their opportunity, uh, expertise to be able to help someone. But, you know, so we're not, this is not anti-doctors. It's saying even doctors, medical profession has its limits. And, but we are thankful for them. We wouldn't, most of us wouldn't be here today to be worshiping together even to hear this message. You wouldn't have some doctor intervention somewhere back in your history. So we're all thankful for doctors. But the reality is this woman needed more than a doctor. And she's refusing to grin and bear. And she's just refusing to, to give up. And she heard, she heard about Jesus. So I think it's safe to assume that she heard that Jesus Christ is the one who God anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. He's the one that went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So she heard things like that from Acts 10, 38 and other scriptures was that, you know, from Isaiah the prophet that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was placed upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. Those are the types of things she must have heard because all of a sudden this very weak, frail, downcast, bankrupt, quarantined woman all of a sudden finds it within herself to press into a multitude of people and to, and to work her way through the crowd, to work her way through the crowd and to press in by faith, saying and believing and saying, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she said it and she did it and she received it. She said it 
She did it and she received it. She was physically ill. She needed her healing. She forces her way to Jesus, confident that she would receive her miracle. And when she touched Jesus in verse 34, she touched Jesus. Jesus felt power going out of him. And in verse 34, he responds uh, uh, to this woman. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. In verse 30, I want to back up to that for a moment. When she touched Jesus by faith, after she declared that that would happen, in verse 30, it says that Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? Who touched me? Jesus knew that someone touched him, not just casual crowd bumping into one another, but that someone touched him in a spirit of faith. Someone touched him that had equal access to God through him, through faith in him. And that someone that touched him caused the healing power of God to flow from his body. Jesus felt the power flow from him into someone. Everyone say into someone. You say, Pastor, what's so important about that? The important thing about that is that we have equal access to God. You have equal access to God. The grace teaching here with Jesus making this statement in verse 30, who touched me, is telling me that Jesus, knowing that power had gone out and he had to ask who touched me, is significant because Jesus did not evaluate, judge, size up the person who touched him before the power was released from him. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Legalists would say, but she wasn't even supposed to be there. How could she be healed? She was violating the law. How could she receive her miracle? She was operating in something far beyond any natural laws. She was operating in a spirit of love. She was operating in a spirit of faith that works by love. And she heard about Jesus and she said, by God, I have done everything I know to do and nothing to date has helped. I heard about Jesus. I heard that he's the one that's anointed by God and I'm going to press in. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. And when she did that, power went out of Jesus and he did not even know who it was because it didn't matter who it was. It just mattered that the who had faith in God through Jesus Christ. Amen. None of her history mattered. It didn't matter. None of the social cultural rules mattered. What mattered is this woman put, uh, placed her faith in God. The power of God to heal is never a respecter of persons. Never, ever disqualify yourself from a healing miracle or any miracle. Do not disqualify yourself. You have equal access with confidence through faith in him. Press in on it. Press in on it. Then in verse 34, when uh, Jesus finally uh, discovered who it was because the woman identified herself, he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. That was not just a quick dismissal because I'm, I'm, I'm in a hurry. Thank you very much for identifying yourself, but I need to go. Uh, when this woman identified herself, scripture tells us that she told the whole story. Was that 12 minutes or 12 hours? We don't know. It, probably closer to 12 hours because she told the whole story. 
I have no way of knowing. Even if it was 12 minutes, for Jairus, 12 minutes is a long time because his daughter is at the point of death. Every second is crucial. And Jesus agreed to go with him and they're on the way to his house. And all of a sudden, Jesus stops. Jairus is probably still walking. And then he's made aware of the fact that, wait a minute, Jesus stopped and he's, taking, he's dealing with another situation here of an unclean woman. Come on, Jesus, I'm Jairus. I'm, the, I'm one of the rulers of the synagogue. You promised to come to my house and now here you are listening to this woman's story. We're just speculating, but I'm sure some things were going on in Jairus' mind because seconds are crucial. But she's telling Jesus the whole story. Then eventually Jesus said, okay, great, <clears throat> daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. But it's not just a word of dismissal. The word peace, shalom, it covers everything. It's wholeness, well-being, prosperity, security, friendship, salvation. And Jesus spoke that over her and he just blessed her beyond her wildest imagination. And her whole life turned around because she heard about Jesus and she responded to those words that she heard concerning Jesus. And Jesus' power, the power of God flowed through Jesus into her and she received her miracle. The power of God to heal is never a respecter of persons. Never, ever, ever take yourself out of the running for a miracle. Amen? Say, I qualify <laughs> through my faith in him. Amen. So it was the woman's faith that caused the power of God to be released. Her social status of dishonor did not hinder her. And Jairus has a lot that he can learn. He was left to cool his heels as Jesus took time for this woman. But the truth be known, Jairus, he was no more needy than this nameless woman. And Jairus can learn something from this woman's faith. And he too will be better prepared for receiving the miracle for his daughter. Because he has some things that he needs to, he has some faith that he needs to be applying. He needs to be going beyond his social status, his title, his resources. He needs to go beyond that. He needs to dig deeper than that to something more substantial than that. And it's faith in God. It's faith in God. And he just had a, he just had a display of a miracle. And he saw how this miracle manifests and how this woman had faith in God and how Jesus blessed her and said, go in peace. Be whole, be healed, be blessed. <clears throat> so, Jairus needs to be persistent in faith, just as this woman had to be persistent in faith, and he must be persistent as the worst possible news comes to him, because no more does Jesus bless this woman, speak shalom over her, peace, prosperity, well-being, friendship, and all the while. While Jesus is speaking this over the woman, uh, they came from the ruler's house, and they said, uh, your daughter's dead. Too late. Too late. It's Jesus' fault. He said he'd come. He was on his way, but then he stopped. He got distracted. He didn't get distracted. Your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher? Why do you continue to trouble the teacher? Sublimable message. Jesus is a great teacher. He may be a prophet, he's a great teacher, but you know, that's the best he can do. He certainly can't raise the dead. He certainly can't raise the dead, so don't trouble him anymore. Don't, you know, don't, don't bother having him come to the house. I, I know he said he would, but he didn't. Your daughter died, and so just accept it. He's a good teacher, he's a nice person, but it's over. And at that point, Jairus has to dig deep 
beyond his title as a ruler of the synagogue, beyond his resources, beyond all his friendships and acquaintances, beyond whatever it is that he was drawing on in the past, he needs to go beyond that. We need to recognize that Jairus being a man of status is no more needy than the nameless woman was. And as he's learning from this woman's faith to be prepared for the miracle that he needs, he must be persistent. And especially when the news comes, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any further. Don't trouble the teacher. But I love this particular verse, verse 36. It says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, as soon as he heard the word that was spoken is referring to the people from the Jairus' house who came and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher? That's what he heard. When Jesus heard that, as, as soon, everyone say, as soon. Say immediately. Say right away, if not sooner. <laughs> say it right away, if not sooner. Say, what, what's the important part here? As soon as he heard this negative announcement, as soon as he heard the pronouncement of death, as soon as he heard the pronouncement, it's over, all hope is gone. As soon as he heard that, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid. When you hear the worst possible news comes your way, immediately, right away, if not sooner, remind yourself, do not be afraid, only keep believing. He was believing something. He believed. He said it with his own mouth. He said, Jesus, if you'll come to my house, lay hands on my daughter, she will live and not die. Now he finds out that she died, but he believed that if Jesus would come and lay hands on her, she would live and not die. Jesus is saying, keep believing what you said you believe. The Amplified version reads something like this. I'm paraphrasing it, but the Amplified says something like this. Jesus overhearing what was said, ignoring, ignoring. Jesus hearing what was said, ignoring what was said. Now, we all know how to ignore things we want to ignore. I heard one man say, you know, he was asking his father about some tips in his, uh, on how their marriage lasted for 50 plus years. And he said, well, he said, you know, just uh, be, uh, being partially deaf and blind helps a lot. <laughs> Basically, he was saying, you know, he, just, he, he knows what to ignore and he knows what to overlook. But, you know, in, in our culture, we know things to ignore. We ignore things that, that, that we don't agree with or just different things. You know, you know how to do it. We don't want to get into a lesson on, on communication here, but you know how to ignore the things that you want to ignore. Learn how to ignore the spirit of fear when it starts speaking to you. Ignore it. You can't keep it from speaking. You can never, it will never shut up until Satan is bound because he's the author of it, but you can learn to ignore it. You can learn to ignore whether it's a whisper or a scream or just whatever it is that just keeps haunting you and tormenting you. Ignore it. Ignore it and keep on believing. 
So Jesus told Jairus, just keep on believing. Keep on believing. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Jesus continued to the house, laid hands on the daughter, raised the daughter back to life. She received her miracle, and everyone is just greatly amazed. And so that is your equal access to God. With boldness, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Your faith, what matters in this equal access to God, whether you are a Jairus or a nameless person, and your faith may feel like it's imperfect, or your faith may feel like it's bold, even sometimes you feel like you're brave, and other times it can be laced with fear and trepidation. What matters is, and what counts for your faith to be effective is that it's rightly, it is rightly directed to your heavenly Father through faith in Jesus' name. Through faith in Jesus' name. We have equal access and we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Yes, you may be sensing fear when you're doing this, but ignore it. Ignore the fear and press in with boldness because you have access with confidence through faith in him, through faith in him. So the two scenes here, Jairus and the nameless woman, they show that we appropriate Jesus's power, miracle working power through faith in him. Number one, this faith in him is an, an act of faith. It's, it's always an act of, an act of faith is always an action. The synagogue official and the woman, here's something also important in this story. The synagogue official and the woman do not come to faith after they are healed. They have a prior faith that led them to their healing. Another grace note here on Jairus is that uh, being a leader of the synagogue, the synagogue leaders at that particular time were known to be primarily hostile towards Jesus. They weren't best friends. They're basically hostile towards Jesus, you know, constantly just giving him a hard time and, and trying to trip him up and so forth. But as, a, but as a ranking leader, synagogue official, it did not disqualify him from receiving his miracle either because he was willing to lay that aside. Whatever social status he had and was depending on in the past, he, was, he laid it down and he humbled himself and he came to Jesus with a desperate plea for help. Would you please come to my house? My daughter is about to die. So he laid all that down. So that did not hinder him. The woman's circumstances, history did not hinder her. His status and his history did not hinder him when he humbly laid it down and came to Jesus. So don't ever disqualify yourself. Your faith always opens the door to God's power. Faith, your faith will always show persistence in overcoming obstacles. And number three, your faith is embodied in action. It will always be embodied in action. Jesus is uh, always giving uh, action steps to take. Uh, Jesus touched people. Uh, Jesus told uh, there's some people that opened up the roof to let down their friend to get into the presence of Jesus to receive the paralytic, received his healing. There's times when Jesus told the priest to go show, he told the, the, the lepers, he said, go show yourself to the priest that you, uh, and as they went, they received their healing. To the blind man, he said, go wash in the pools. The blind man 
received the words of Jesus and he went and he washed in the pool. And we know from scripture that your faith always works in a spirit of love. So you have equal access. My encouragement as we close out today is don't allow your history to disqualify you. Faith in God is a great equalizer. Amen? Forget your titles or forget all your non-titles. It doesn't make any difference. Like I said, Reverend Raymond Sensnick has no more access to God than Ray Sensnick or P. Ray. The title doesn't make any difference. It's my faith in God. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, that faith is our great equalizer when it comes to having boldness with confidence. We have access to you, Father God, with boldness and with confidence. Our faith is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the healing power of God ministering right now to those in need of healing. Thank you for the peace of God to flow for those that need peace to rule and to reign over hearts and minds. Thank you for wisdom to be manifested for those of us that need wisdom and direction and in leading us and guiding us and directing us. And Father God, we thank you and we give you honor. We give you all the glory that as we leave this place today, that your peace, your shalom, your peace, your prosperity, your wholeness, friendships are with us in Jesus' name, name above all names. So may you go in the peace of God, the favor of God go before you and behind you and all around you in Jesus' name, name above all names, amen, amen. God bless you, have a terrific day and we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.